wearing a higher dress code and boots trodden down at heel. They pleased his daughter and made her lively, and that was enough for him. And Marsha never took her eyes off the actors. She had never before seen such clever, exceptional people. In the evening, the police captain and Marsha were at the theatre again. A week later, the actors dined at the police captain's again, and after that came almost every day either to dinner or supper. Masha became more and more devoted to the theatre, and went there every evening. She fell in love with the tragedian. One fine morning, when the police captain had gone to meet the bishop, Masha ran away with Limanadov's company and married her hero on the way. After celebrating the wedding, the actors composed a long and touching letter and sent it to the police captain. It was the work of their combined efforts. Bring out the motive! The motive! Limanadov kept saying as he dictated to the comic man. Lay on the respect! The official chaps like it! Add something of a sort! To draw a tear! The answer to this letter was most discomforting. The police captain disowned his daughter for marrying, as he said, a stupid, idle little Russian with no fixed home or occupation. And the day after this answer was received, Masha was writing to her father. Papa, he beats me. Forgive us. He had beaten her, beaten her behind the scenes, in the presence of Limanadov, the washerwoman and two lighting men. He remembered how, four days before the wedding, he was sitting in the London tavern with the whole company and all were talking about Masha. The company were advising him to chance it, and Limanadov, with tears in his eyes, urged, It would be stupid and irrational to let slip such an opportunity. Why? For a sum like that, one would go to Siberia, let alone getting married. When you marry, and have a theatre of your own. Take me into your company. I shan't be master then. You'll be master. And again I've remembered it, and muttered with clenched fists. If he doesn't send the money, I'll smash her. I won't let myself be made a fool of. At one provincial town, the company tried to give Masha the slip, but Masha found out, ran to the station, and got there when the second bell had run, and the actors had all taken their seats. I've been shamefully treated by your father, said the tragedian. All is over between us. And although the carriage was full of people, she went down on her knees and held out her hands, imploring him. I love you. Don't drive me away, Kondraty Ivanovich, she besought him. I can't live without you. They listened to her entreaties and, after consulting together, took her into the company as a countess the name they used for minor actresses who usually came on the stage in crowds or in dumb parts. To begin with, Masha used to play maidservants and pages, but when Madame Biabachtov, the flower of Limanadov's company, eloped, they gave her a part of a young woman. She acted badly, lisped, and was nervous. She soon grew used to it, however, and began to be liked by the audience. Pinagenov was much displeased. To call her an actress, he used to say. She has no figure, no deportment, nothing whatsoever but silliness. In one provincial town, the company acted Schiller's robbers. 
Penagenov played Franz, Masha, Amelie. The tragedian shouted and quivered. Masha repeated her part like a well-learned lesson, and the play would have gone off as they generally did had it not been for a trifling mishap. Everything went well up to a point where Franz declares his love for Amelie, and she seizes his sword. The tragedian shouted, hissed, quivered, and squeezed Masha in his iron embrace. And Masha, instead of repulsing him and crying, Hence! trembled in his arms like a bird and didn't move. She seemed petrified. Have pity on me, she whispered in his ear. Oh, have pity on me. I'm so miserable. You don't know your part. Listen to the prompter, hissed the tragedian, and he thrust his sword into her hand. After the performance, Limanadov and Finagenov were seen.